You may not know Addie and Rudy Dassler. Maybe you've never heard of them. They grew up working in the family shoe business, the Dassler Brothers Shoe Factory. It had been passed down to them. They reached a point in their relationship where Rudy and Addie hated each other. They hated each other so much that they divided the shoe business up and they each developed their own shoe business. Through a variety of events, through a variety of things that happened, I mean, they literally hated each other. So much so that the town that they worked in became the town of Bent Necks. Because the citizens wouldn't talk to each other until they checked out the shoes that the other person was wearing. You might not know Rudy and Addie, but you know their two companies, Adidas and Puma. Adidas from Addie Dassler. Nobody sells more shoes than they do except Nike and Reebok. These two hated each other so much that they ran smear campaigns against each other. Employees from the two companies wouldn't marry someone from the other company. They hated each other. They forced the town to pick sides. And through the years, it was a tough town to live in. The things that people do when they don't get along. Feuds are everywhere, though. You can find people that don't get along in a lot of different venues, in a lot of different places. You can find it in the workplace. People don't get along. You can find it in relationships. You can find it in marriages. You can find it in sibling rivalries. Is that not the most adorable picture? I mean, how do those two guys not get along, right? Democrats and Republicans don't get along. Governments don't get along. Football season's here. Some schools don't get along. And when people don't get along, we might joke about it and think it's kind of funny, but it can get kind of vicious. I mean, people can go to war. People can do some interesting things. In fact, fresh off the press, August 2015, just this month, the Greater Green Hill Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas, has been closed since June. The head deacon put a lock on the door and won't let anyone in. Members have been locked out because of a legal feud that's going on. Right down the road. People aren't getting along. In fact, I heard, um, I was reading about Robin Williams. His family has gone to court. They're fighting over his pictures. They're fighting over his clothes. They're fighting over his awards. They're fighting over everything. People fight for a lot of reasons. In fact, I read this week that Kim Kardashian's upset that Beyonce won't be your friend. I won't be able to sleep. Have you ever been upset with someone? To the point that you're not getting along, to the point that you're not speaking, to the point that maybe you're losing some sleep, to the point that maybe you might even want some harm to be done to them. Oh, nothing bad, just something to, so they get what they deserve. The things that people do and the things that people say when there is no peace. I like this quote from William Hazlitt, those who are at war with others are not at peace with themselves. If you've got somebody at war with you, you need to realize they probably have some turmoil going on. They're not even at peace with themselves. 
lack of peace. When there is no peace, feuds happen. When there is no peace, war happens. When there is no peace, people don't get along. There's no harmony. There's no unity. And there's no telling what might happen. The Bible's very clear that our response to others is to be forgiving. We're supposed to forgive one another. I mean, we're supposed to forgive one another. I mean, we're commanded to forgive one another. But when we refuse to forgive, when our insides begin to boil, we go on the attack. And we take sides and we gossip and we badmouth and we slander. And the next thing you know, all that feuding that's happening out in the world, sometimes it happens in church. A lot of problems in the world would disappear if we talked to each other instead of about each other. But when we start talking about each other, even churches have problems, and even churches have feuds, and even churches have wars, and even people in churches, even Christian brothers and sisters, don't get along. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about that. We hear about two sisters, I plead with Yodi and Sintashi, to agree with each other in the Lord. Other translations, settle your disagreement. Stop quarreling. Iron out your differences and make up. Live in harmony. Why? Because that's what we're called to do as Christian brothers and sisters. Oh, there's a lot of feuds in the Bible. There's a lot of ways that we're supposed to respond. Well, Richie, why are you talking about not getting along? Why are you talking about feuding and war? Well, we're in a series called Make Every Effort. Make Every Effort. Now... The reason I wanted to jump into this series is that phrase shows up in the Bible, and I was kind of fascinated at how many times it shows up in the Bible. And that phrase that shows up in the Bible, make every effort, that's just one word in the Greek. It's spudazo. It just sounds cool. And it means to hurry, to make haste, to be bent upon, to endeavor earnestly, to be diligent, to be zealously engaged, to exert oneself, to pursue earnestly. When you make every effort, you do those things. When you make every effort, there's a diligence. There's an urgency. You're going to do it. When it's a priority, you're going to make it a top priority. When you value, you're going to make every effort. So we've just been looking at passages where we find that phrase, where we find that word, make every effort. So we were in 2 Timothy 2. Make every effort. Be diligent. Study Probably not the best translation. Do your best to be in God's Word, to show yourself as one who's been approved and one who correctly handles the Word of truth. And then we looked at Hebrews 4, and we talked about God's people, the Israelites, and how He rescued them out of slavery, and He wanted to bring them to the promised land, but because of their disobedience, they made it to the promised land, but they never made it to rest. We talk about a heavenly rest. Let us make every effort to enter that rest. But we're not just going to enter the heavenly rest. Jesus says, you know what? You can have rest right now. Jesus says, if you'll come to me, if you'll come to him, he'll give you rest. And you'll find rest for your souls. And then we looked at Second Peter. For this reason, make every effort. Do your best. Be urgent about it. Hurry earnestly endeavor to add to your faith goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and kindness and brotherly kindness and love. And in the same text, in the same chapter, just a few verses later, make every effort to make your calling and election sure. Because if you do these things, you'll never fail. And you'll receive a rich welcome. I don't know of anybody that really wants to fail. And I know a lot of people who would like to receive a rich welcome. Well, how do I do that? Make every effort to add these things to your faith. 
So we're going to do whatever it takes. So we're going to jump into another passage today. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, a little bit of Ephesians 5. But here's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. Now, probably a better translation would be walk. And he uses this word walk, live, a lot in the next two chapters. So he says walk worthy of the calling you've received. Probably a better translation. Maybe your Bible has that translation. But look at how many times he uses that. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've received. Walk no longer just as the Gentiles walked in their futility. Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you. Walk as children of light. Is there one more? Be careful how you walk, not as wise, but unwise. Now, what he's fixing to do in Ephesians 4, he's going to tell us what that walk looks like. Don't just walk. I mean, you can just walk and do anything you walk, but he wants to be very specific about that walk. So he's going to say, be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, Make every effort. There's another phrase. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I like this translation. Do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts. Stop throwing fits. Stop acting childish. Stop with the fits. All right? But steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences. And quick at mending fences. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're supposed to be about. So how how do we do that? How do we keep the unity? How do we keep peace? How do we get along as Christian brothers and sisters? Well, he's very thorough, so let me just kind of zip through chapters 4 and 5. He says, Be completely humble and gentle with one another. Be patient with one another. Bearing with one another. He doesn't say to be bears with one another. Bearing with one another, forbearing with one another. He goes on, he's talking about unity. So we quote this verse a lot, but he's talking about unity, keeping the unity of the Spirit. There's one body, one Spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Why? Because God's all about unity. God's all about one. He goes on, he says, to each of us grace has been given. And we should treat each other with grace. We're meant to grow up in every way in Christ. So again, all the fits and starts, all the childish behavior, we're supposed to grow up. Have you ever wanted to tell somebody, why don't you just grow up? Stop acting childish. You're not getting along because you won't grow up. He continues, we're joined. We're held together. We're supposed to be a harmonious structure knit together. That's how we're supposed to operate. We're supposed to build each other up. He says, stop living, stop walking like the Gentiles do in their futility of thinking, darkening their understanding because of their ignorance, hardening of their hearts. They've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality. And when you don't get along with people, you're acting that way. He goes on. You didn't come to know Christ in this way. Come on, grow up. You didn't come to know Christ in that way. You were taught to put off your old self. You were taught to be made new. You were taught to put on the new self. He goes on, so put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. We're all members, again, one body. Don't let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't give the devil a foothold. Stop stealing. Get a job. Do something useful with your hands. Verse 29. Verse 29 may be the most sin passage that we abuse in the Bible. 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to those who listen. Do not. That's a command. Do not. Do not. Do not. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I would venture to say, just to do a rough poll, we've all violated that Scripture. If you got a brother or sister, you violated that Scripture. Do not... Let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. When you let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, you know you're sinning, right? That's a sin. Well, yeah, Richie, that's no big deal. No, it's a sin. It's a sin. And he's talking about unity. And he's talking about peace. And he's talking about harmony. And he's talking about getting along. You know how you get along? Stop talking that way. Build others up according to their needs. Build others up so it will benefit those who listen. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. Why? Because with all of those things, we don't get along. If we get rid of those things, we get along. He keeps going. Be kind and compassionate. Forgive one another. Why? Well, just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you, be imitators of God's love. Walk in and live in love. So he's telling us, here's how you get along. Here's how you have peace. Here's how Christian brothers and sisters get along. Read chapter 4. Read chapter 5. Very practical advice. The problem is, the problem is, we don't want to get along sometimes. You know what the opposite of peace is? There's disagreement, discord, disharmony, distress, fighting, frustration, war. Those are just synonyms. You just plug in what are synonyms? Antonyms. What's the word I'm looking for? Opposite? What is that? I wasn't good in English. The opposite. Okay. There's disturbance. There's agitation. We'd rather live that way. So Paul says in Galatians 5, If you keep on biting and devouring one another, watch out. You'll destroy each other. And that's not how we're called to live. We're called to make every effort to get along. Make every effort to do what leads to peace. And he's not talking about people in the world. He's talking about people that go to church together. He's writing this to the church at Ephesus. He's writing this to Christians uh, at the church at Ephesus. He's writing this to Christian brothers and sisters. He's writing this to people who are supposed to be getting along. So he says, listen, this, this is how you're supposed to be living. Let me give you a couple other passages where this shows up. Romans 14, let us therefore make every effort. Not make little effort. Not make no effort. Do these two verses describe your life? Do these two verses describe your workplace and how you're involved? Do these verses describe your marriage? Do these verses describe how you get along with your kids? Do these verses describe how you interact with people at church? Make every effort to do what leads to peace. Make every effort to live in peace with all men. What was it Jesus said? Hmm, right out of the chute. His first sermon, probably the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers. Not troublemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Church, we're called to get along. That's not always easy. Sometimes that's very difficult, but still we're called to get along. We're supposed to make every effort. Are you making every effort 
to get along with other people? Are you making every effort to get along? You pick the venue, whether it's work, home, children, your parents, your spouse. Are you making every effort? Are you making little effort? Are you making no effort? I'm not going to do anything. It's their fault. I'm not. They deserve. Are you making every effort to get along with people? Or would people describe you as somebody who stirs up trouble? Now, just in case you might be thinking, wow, Richie, I wish so-and-so was here. They would have really needed this message. Look in the mirror. Every one of us. You know that do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths? Look in the mirror. If you don't want to look in the mirror, look at the cross. Let me show you some verses. If anyone belongs to Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything's made new. All this is from God. Through Christ, God made peace between us and Himself. You know why Jesus died on the cross? So that God would make peace. Your translation may say reconciliation. That's the word peace. The reason Jesus died on the cross is so that we would get along with God. We'd be at peace with God. But the reason Jesus died on the cross is also so we would get along with each other. Keep reading. God made peace between us and Himself, and God gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we can have with Him. God was in Christ, making peace between the world and Himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins. He gave us the message of peace. We're ambassadors. We're envoys. We're representatives. We're supposed to go out and preach a message of peace. How can we go out and preach a message of peace if we're not making every effort to get along? Who's going to listen to our message if we're gossiping and biting and devouring one another? Who's going to listen to our message if we're fighting all the time? So we have been sent to speak for Christ. It's as if God's calling you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. Our message is supposed to be a message of peace. So when we read the phrase, make every effort to be at peace, to live in peace, to be in harmony... That's not just when you go home. That's also when you come to church. It's with Christian brothers and sisters. I'm just guessing in an audience of this size, there are people who have turmoil in their lives. I don't know that through all of my years of life and all of my years in ministry, there's always at least one brother and sister, brother and brother, sister and sister that don't get along. I've known people in church that will sit across the aisle from one another and partake of communion and hate each other. How do you partake of what brings peace and hate somebody? We're called to be at peace with one another. Maybe today you harbor envy and strife and resentment. Maybe you've been bad-mouthing and putting people down and tearing people down. Maybe you gossip and slander. And You remember the Lord's Prayer? People tend to quote that. And Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us as we forgive others. You realize what that means. So if I'm not as we forgiving, if I'm not forgiving you, I'm saying, Lord, would you forgive me the same way I'm not forgiving? So Jesus says, This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. So if you don't forgive people and you don't get along people, you're saying, Lord, I really don't want to get along with you. I really don't want you to forgive me. Remember the parable of the unmerciful servant who was forgiven a little? I'm sorry, was forgiven a lot, and then he couldn't forgive a little? Oh God, I want you to forgive everything when it comes to me. I just hate the people 
what's that old Irish ditty? To dwell above with the saints we love, that will be glory. To dwell below with the saints we know, that's another story. Listen, church, we're called to get along with each other. How do we do that? Just some suggestions. Avoid arguments. I read this last week. I like this. You don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Can I give you a biblical verse? One of my favorites. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You don't have to argue. You don't have to be looking for a fight. How do we have unity and peace? Maybe you need to repent of your gossip and divisiveness and maliciousness. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to say, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to say, can we talk? Maybe you need to say, can we get along? Maybe you need to make every effort. Maybe we just need to plead for unity. Because if you don't have unity, since I'm talking about unity and peace, I've got to tell you, There's verses in the Bible that tell us how to respond if there's not peace and unity. If people want to be divisive, the Scripture is very clear. Warn a divisive person once. Warn him a second time. And then have nothing to do with him. I think the Lord's saying, you know what? I don't want divisiveness in my church. I want my people to get along. I don't want disagreements in my church. I want my people to get along. Oh, I know there's going to be some budding of heads. We're humans. I know sometimes it's going to be difficult, but the end result always needs to be, hey, we're going to make every effort to get along. We're going to make every effort to make peace. We need to do whatever it takes to bring peace. So let me give you one more verse. A couple of verses. Christ Himself is our peace. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, everything about why we're here today is about peace. Keep reading. He made both Jewish people and those who are not Jews one people. They were separated as if there were a wall between them. But Christ broke down the wall of hate. Two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles, who literally hated each other's guts, became one. You realize one of the strongest messages in the first century is when people saw Jews and Gentiles getting along? Why are y'all getting along? We're getting along because of Jesus. Hey, can you tell me about Jesus? Two people who hated each other, two groups, were able to get along. How do you do that? You do that through Jesus. Christ broke down that wall of hate by giving His own body. The Jewish law had many commands and rules, but Christ ended that law. His purpose was to make the two groups of people become one new people in Him and in this way make peace. It was also Christ's purpose to end the hatred between the two groups, not just Jews and Gentiles, not just Democrats and Republicans, not just Aggies and Longhorns, not just your school and my school, Christian brothers and sisters. We should end the hatred. We should end all of this harmony. We should say, you know what? In Jesus, this stuff doesn't matter. In Jesus, we're supposed to be one. You realize what's at stake here is our testimony. When people see us not getting along, we're bad witnesses. When people see churches that are dividing, that's a bad testimony. And just in case you're wondering, wow, Richie, what's going on at Pine Tree Church? I'm just doing another make every effort. It fell into place. I'm just encouraging us, like the Bible says, it's so important that we get along. Keep reading. Christ did all this with His death on the cross. 
Christ came and preached peace. And that's what He wants us to do. We're supposed to go out and preach to people, you know what, you can have reconciliation with God. You know what, Christ can bring Jews and Gentiles together. Christ can bring husbands and wives and marital difficulty together. Christ can bring kids that don't get along with their parents. Christ can bring relationships together. Christ can bring churches together. Christ can bring blacks and whites together. Christ can end all the hatred in the world. Christ can do so much if we let Him. But we need to make every effort. I mean, we're supposed to participate in this. Make every effort. Earnestly endeavor. Do your best. Hurry. Make haste. Make it a priority. This is important stuff. You know why it's important stuff? Because when we're getting along, we're preaching peace. And when we're preaching peace, we're preaching Jesus. And that's what people need to see. And that's what people need to hear. So we offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today. You know what that invitation is? It's for you to be right with God. It's for you to be reconciled with God. It's for you to be at peace with God. Even after we become Christians, I know, just because of human nature, I know you go to bed at night if you're anything like me, and you pray, I hope I've done enough. I hope the Lord will forgive me. I hope I'm right with God. I hope I can be at peace with God. I hope when I die that God looks upon me and we're reconciled. Even as Christians, we're often not at peace with God. But the good news is, Jesus came to give us peace. Jesus came to make us right with God. And that's His invitation. Jesus wants us to be right with God. So much so that He died on the cross. And He shed His blood. Remember what we said when things are a priority of value, we will make every effort. Jesus made every effort for us to be right with His Father. He died on the cross so that we could be right with God. You can leave here today and you can have peace. You can be right with God. If you do what Scripture says, if you obey Scriptures, if you make every effort, and Scripture says we need to repent of our sins, and Scripture says we need to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Scripture says that we need to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. Not Richie, not you. We're not supposed to be Lord of our lives. We make Jesus the Lord of our lives. And if we're baptized for the remission of sins, and we let the blood of Jesus wash our sins away, you see, those sins, that's what keeps us not at peace with God. Because God can't look upon sin. And Jesus says, let me remove those. Let me erase those. Let me wash those away because I want you to be right with God. You can be right with God today if you need to be baptized. But as a Christian, sometimes as Christians, that peace thing, hmm, we're not as good at. So if you've got turmoil in your life today, if there's somebody you're not getting along with, can I encourage you to make that right? Make every effort Make amends. Do everything you can to bring harmony. If you're having difficulty doing that and you need the prayers of our shepherds, they'll meet you in the back. They'll go to a private room. They'll pray with you. They'll lift your name up before the throne of grace so that you can have that peace and to help you move along towards that peace. Make every effort. I like this one. Peace is not the absence of trouble. You're going to have trouble. Peace is just the presence of Christ. So that in the midst of turmoil, you can still be at peace. In the midst of not getting along, you can still be at peace. The important thing is for you to have Jesus in your life. If you need to respond to the invitation today, please do so as we stand and sing.